0: Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker? Well, well. Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Hey, how's everybody
1: doing out there, Big Dave and Joe? Another edition of Poker Action Line. We missed you last week, Joe. Uh, how you feeling? How's things going?
0: Everything's going very, very well, thank God. Uh, how was uh, How was the show with Mister Lifkin last week? With Dave.
1: Dave Lifkin. A uh, lot of fun. Uh, he wrote a really interesting book, which. Uh, It wasn't about poker at all, but, uh, you know, to find the time, I guess COVID kind of helped out in that respect. Uh, He was able to write a really funny novel that uh, I really enjoyed and uh, highly recommend it. It's called From God, and uh, it's a a pretty interesting story about a a little island in the South Pacific that all of a sudden discovers that they have this uh, mineral that can uh, save the world's energy system and... uh, course immediately in today's world everybody wants to get their their piece of the pie so uh, they're trying to figure it out but he uses some nice cultural references uh, some uh, pop culture stuff and uh, we talked about that of course we talked about his 25 years in the business Uh, probably started in poker about the same time as you he worked on the ship out of Martha's and um, he started as a uh, a dealer and uh, then he started running that room, you may, I don't know, did you ever work with him at uh, a seminal Classic?
0: N- not that I can recall.
2: Yeah. I, maybe
0: you know, I was the there room. when they first opened the doors at both places, Miccosuke two years before and then there. Um, I like, don't like know like when 94? he went there. Did he mention it, the year?
1: Yeah, it was mid-'90s, so maybe uh, it was after you. But the interesting thing is, you know, obviously we have – We have my highlight announcing, Dave Lamont, uh, started his career as a highlight announcer, and Dave Litvin also was a highlight announcer. So uh, Dave L, populating that announcer's booth at both places, Miami (laughs) and Dania. But I've known him for a long time, and he's been the uh, poker room director at the Big Easy for about uh, 10, 11 years, and... uh, um, I guess I, I brought it up on the show. I said, you know, there's times you're not too popular because of your uh, promotions, uh, your high-hand promotions. But he uh, said, hey, you know, I'm just trying to compete. We look for a new niche. And obviously, that seems to be what people want in this market.
0: That is that is correct. I mean, you know, right now, uh, as I've mentioned many times before on the show, you know, the, we have spoiled our players down here. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where you know the numbers are, in my opinion, ridiculous. Um, You know, Dave will probably—I don't know how 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 intense you got into that, but I mean, I remember when five hundred for an hour every single day was like, wow, you know, this is a lot of money. And now (laughs) there are days I offer five hundred for half an hour, and I can't keep tables. Yeah they just want to get up and leave. So, um, you know, it's, you gotta fine tune it because it definitely eats into your profits and uh, double-edged sword. You know, you, you don't offer enough. You don't get any profits and you offer too much. You give them all away. So,
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We do it a little different at Dania where we have uh, a three hour long period and there's three prizes. It's a total of $2,000 for the three hours. So maybe not that much different from many of the other ones, but it kind of forces the player to stick around for a while and then you hope that uh, they're having a good time and they won't leave. But they do usually. big day, (laughs) that's
0: that's what we've been running for since we opened the room practically Uh, two years ago. Okay. And, uh, you know, Dania never used to do that, so I'm assuming that uh, <laughs> that uh, my good friend over there uh, saw some of that. I mean, uh, poker the poker world is, uh, you know, the, the ultimate compliment is people copying your promotion.
1: Yeah, let's face it, there's no such thing as an original idea, it seems like, anymore.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, as soon as someone has one, everybody else wants, you know, they're they're adjusting their promotions to offset yours, and um, you know that's that's how it is now. You know, we run. We had a similar uh, promotion a couple of Saturdays ago, Dave, uh, where we ran three blocks of three outs and uh, and then the top three hands uh, combined all day um, shared in a, in a bonus prize at the end of the third promotion. And right. Um, you know, I don't believe um, the Big Easy does anything like that. I know the Hard Rock doesn't or Hialeah. What some of these places do is I believe Hialeah Magic City have like a two-hour promotion to open the room to get people there. And um, they used to give out 2000 to the winner, to the highest hand, and now they've adjusted that uh, a little bit, so you're right it forces people to be there you know
2: yeah for sure and
0: um you know you got to keep you got to keep tweaking and it. it's it's let me tell you it's a hell of a lot more work now than it was you know eight nine years ago when when i opened up the room once the machines came in
1: right well one of the things we announced uh, on the show last week kind of a scoop for us here at poker action line was that uh the big easy was starting a new dealer school that's instead of the normal competition down here in South Florida for players, there seems to be a big competition for dealers. Uh, that's just very short in the business, and they're kind of trying to solve their own problem by actually creating a dealer school at uh, the Big Easy. And I'm sure, you know, maybe some other people will try that as well. But hopefully, that will develop some new thing, new uh, people to 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 pitch the cards. But I've really come to realize over the the last month of working at Daniel that those dealers are making a ton of money.
0: <laughs> they may I not be, want to talk about it. Been, but they do. I've been telling I've been telling you that for years, uh, they, 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 Dealers are making unbelievable money down here. Uh, the the tips down here, you know, uh, compared I compared to some of the rooms I've been to around the country are just insane are just insane. And, um, you know, uh, California, I know their dealers make very good money, but, but, you know, they've got to put in a 40 hour week, probably 30 plus hours on the table. We've got dealers in my room, which doesn't do the numbers that some of these other rooms do that are just, I'm not going to mention the numbers, but you know, the, the money that the tip money they're making is ridiculous
1: come on we want numbers we want
0: numbers (laughs) no i
1: know it's it's their private business it really is and it's crazy though uh we just had had a new uh, uh russian girl that with long blonde hair that started with us and she's just kind of a beginner because she used to deal blackjack, but she's making loads of money, especially when she gets the opportunity to work that, that big game that we yeah, have, which 25 with a bunch of Russian players. So uh, she's not the best dealer, but apparently she can do no wrong when she's at that table.
0: Put it this way. This is something I've you know, told all the trainees that I've had, especially all the females. And I told them, I said, they always say in the real world that the equally talented uh, woman doing the same job as a man makes less money. Well, I tell all the all all the young ladies that I've had as as uh, students as I was training them. I go, this is where you get them even. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is where where you where you really turn the tables. And you know, I've had I, I tell people back, and it goes further than that, but. Once the, the really high limits came in, Dave, let me tell you, I had three very beautiful, very talented uh, dealers, okay, with great personalities, um, and let me tell you something, they their work week would be usually a little less than 30 hours punched in, and that equates to anywhere from 22 to 24 hours of actual table time, and they were they were all making. This is after 15% of their tips were being taken for the supervisors and for the floor. I mean, for the uh, chip runners and brush, um, 2,400, 2,500, 2,600 a week. Not, 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 not to mention their uh, their hourly. So that's the type of money that uh, that they'll make. Uh, yeah. the top-notch mail dealers. I don't know, uh, probably have to work, you know, five or six, seven extra hours more a week to earn over 2000 but it's just crazy money, Dave. I mean, it's do you think, really crazy money.
3: Do you think that players actually realize
1: who a good dealer is and a bad dealer is? I mean, unless they make an obviously huge mistake that costs them money, do they even pay any attention to that?
0: Absolutely. They do. Absolutely, they pay attention to that. That big game. Let me tell you something. They slow her down. Um, I don't know if it's the same big game that that you're talking about as the one that was there when I was dealing there. Okay. Um, and if you're making mistakes, you know that cost people thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, not hundreds, but thousands of dollars. Right. Uh, they. They immediately start you know uh they don't give a damn how pretty you are you know or anything uh i need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing here yeah so uh, that's you know that's why i prefaced with those three dealers that i had they were outstanding dealers great personality they knew they knew how to play the game as i call it and uh, they, they were they were all you know very pretty pretty very pretty young girls that that like i said they were true professionals as far as dealers, and, uh, you know, I'd put them up against any top dealers in any room in the country. Yeah. That's how good they were. So, okay.
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, it is thousands, too, because I've stood behind some of these guys buying in, and it's like uh, three blue chips and uh, 2,000 in black, you know. And normally on any other table, you don't see anything more than whites and purples for the most part. Maybe reds at a one, too, obviously, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how much money, um, you know, then it doesn't bother these guys at all. You know, obviously they get pissed when they lose a big hand, but, uh, you know, it's just amazing the different levels of poker play. And, and this is not even getting to the point of, you know, nosebleed games in Vegas that you hear about in Bobby's room or something like that.
0: Well, you don't, you don't, you don't ever want to deal that game, Dave, you don't ever as a dealer. They can keep that game to themselves Really? as a dealer. Oh, absolutely. But they do talk, They do
2: tip pretty so, good, right?
0: No, they're horrendous tippers. Oh, really? Oh. They are horrendous. Usually, like I said, what you see down here with that particular game at the, that level, you just don't see that anywhere else in the country that I know of yeah. where they're that generous. People who, who play those type of games look at tipping as an expense.
2: Yeah. So I hear you, I hear you about uh,
0: that. You know, I'm not gonna name the people that are in that room that you mentioned, but uh, you know, um I-, I could talk to you off the air, but I could tell you right now that one of those people that you talked about is a consistent two dollar tipper whether they win a three hundred dollar pot or a thirty thousand dollar pot. Wow. Okay. From yeah. the people that you mentioned. Uh another one that was there. It, the girl may get tipped, but I guarantee you almost none of the male dealers get tipped from this particular gentleman who's a lot older. And the uh, the other ones, at best, you're looking at a $5 tip on, a, on an amazing hand. You know, right, right. if this is the PLO game that we're talking about, um, you know, that's it. The other people that play there um, are where you can really make your money. But um, you go. I remember when we first started. You could talk to any dealer who's been doing this same amount of time that I did. You didn't want to get past a one-two game back then, uh, back in the '90s. Uh, that completely changed as we went forward, and everything opened up in, in the state of Florida. But in private games, I went to a game once that uh, they were they were playing ridiculous stakes. It was the first time I was truly pushing. You know, six, seven, eight thousand dollar, nine, ten thousand dollar pots. I was walking out of there with half the money that I was walking out uh, in a one, two, no limit or a five, ten limit game. <laughs> and I was like, right. I, I dealt it once. I said, no, thank you. I don't need to come back here. You know, that's, that, that's just how it is around the whole country as far as what I've been told from many dealers that have come from various poker rooms around the country.
3: Right. Well, it's an
1: interesting discussion and uh, certainly uh, something we'll always keep an eye on. But uh, certainly uh, we need to move on with some other stuff. Uh, The World Series of Poker Online event continues to roll on. Uh, David Peters just won a big event and he's having an outstanding year. We'll get to some of that a little later in the show. But I guess what's on people's mind right now, besides the... uh, the testifying in, in uh, Congress about uh, you know what happened on January sixth—it uh, seems like we always come back to that—that that, that's the discussion is going on. But of course, COVID nineteen re- rearing its ugly head again, and and we got to wonder how it's affecting, going to affect poker. Uh, several articles out there right now. Um, I don't know how bad it is out in Vegas, but the talk here in Florida and Texas, and uh, I guess Alabama would be the third state. Mississippi, another. Uh, things are getting uh,
0: dicey here.
1: What do you hear down in Dade County where I think uh, numbers are just
0: skyrocketing? You're talking about uh, COVID. with all of this coming up again with uh, yeah. COVID? Yeah. Like um, f- People no, are ignore- trying to ignore it, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Flo- Florida, you know, <laughs> was number one uh, last week. I believe, you know, they still hold that position Maybe with Arkansas, and you just mentioned, I believe, Mississippi and Alabama numbers were, you know, skyrocketing. Um, I, nothing yet. I mean, you know, our governor has kind of set the president for that,
3: no?
1: Yeah, and, he's, uh, he's fighting any kind of know,
3: mandates. Uh, I wear a, I wear a uh,
1: mask in the room. Do you?
3: Uh, yeah, well, we have to. Okay. Now, with
0: that being said, I'm glad you mentioned that because— Maybe this is a slight answer to your question, but my brother-in-law works at Calder um, at the beginning of, I don't know if it was July or June, when, you know, they, they didn't have to wear them. When, once the customers didn't have to wear masks, if they, you know, honor system, quote, honor system that they had been vaccinated, uh, needed it the employees. Um, that is no longer true from what I was told. My my sister-in-law told me that, uh, you know, that they now have to go back to wearing the masks, the
1: employees. Well, the people that are against getting vaccinated are certainly not going to admit that. Uh, you know, they're going to say, oh, yeah, of course. Are you kidding me?
0: Yes. You know, we've uh, well, you know, the, the governor made sure that that happened because you can't ask anybody uh, to show you that they've been vaccinated or else you're facing a fine. Right. So, you know uh they're supposedly being sued by one of the uh cruise industries uh <laughs> company uh, and some of them are refusing to to set sail from here right so you know uh I honestly I believe that you know we were the last county to hold on to that yeah you know wearing the masks and and forcing them now I don't know about you at Daniel, uh, but we only started about a week and a, on the 16th okay uh, 11 days ago that that the customers didn't have to wear a mask again based on based on that um but i would say more than half of the people are still wear masks in the casino
1: we have a few that wear but most do not um uh, the dealers a uh, couple are a couple aren't you know it depends on the day i guess but uh I don't know, uh, and and who knows if, if if that's really doing any good? We there's just so much we don't know about this disease. But uh, you got to look ahead to the World Series of Poker, which starts on September 30th, and uh, the possibilities out there. Um, you know, different parts of the country are being affected differently. But uh, there's an interesting article on Poker News about uh, what might happen, and uh, they, they quite, the quite it's entitled "Will the 2021 WSOP Be Held?" And the answer likely, but, and they discuss the possibilities. Will there be uh, a cancellation? And they say no way. There's no way that they'll uh, possibly end the event. They may have to adjust some tournaments, they said. Maybe set some limits on players, put a special area that players um, can play the final tables of some of the preliminary events in a different area, but they will not cancel. You know, they lost so much money uh, not having the event last year. They eventually, you know, obviously had something online, but it was a a mere shell of what the previous years were like. So um, that's their answer there is that there's no way that they'll give into that
0: no matter what. I, you know, I didn't see unless, you know, unless half the country falls ill, I, you know, I, I couldn't see that happening. But listen, we got to wait about a week or so, right? I mean, down here at the Hard Rock, they just had some, uh, you know, weekend long, uh, you know, uh, music festival. I don't know if you guys saw.
1: Oh, the Loud, the Rolling Loud Festival.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and all the people that were there. So, um, you know, I would assume Broward and Dade uh, within a week to 10 days are going to be showing a sharp increase in 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 people you know having this
1: yeah and all over too look at the uh, i don't know if you watched any of the nba finals but you know the, the amount of people that were outside the arenas in milwaukee and phoenix uh you know just yelling and screaming and jumping up and down having a great time no no problem with that but you know so close together and so many people you look at japan uh you know despite the fact that uh you know there's no fans in the stands you look at all the athletes uh getting so close together and you know walking around the track and the opening ceremonies and how many people were involved in that that could be a problem there and then like you say any event in florida you know, sporting event, concert event, uh, you know, people that refuse to wear the masks are, are continuing to cause a problem here For as far as
3: I'm concerned.
0: Well, they, that's, you know, uh, that's going to be like that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know how to answer that because it's true. You know, it's so simple as getting, a, you know, getting vaccinated. And, I, you know, the intelligent people that I know, Tell me that they don't want to take the vaccination, and and they make absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's the right that everybody's given, and in this state, it's one of those. um, I don't know. You know, this. this, I hate to say this, but kind of seems like it's falling along political lines. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's no doubt about that.
0: You know, I don't want to say that because I can't believe that that would be something. But it's it. It's frustrating as hell, and, you know, for those who don't want to get vaccinated, you know, they've come to the conclusion, you know, uh, what will be, will be. Yeah. And, And uh, you know, and... and the economy, I don't think, can withstand another shutdown like we did. Yeah,
1: we can't. You can't handle that financially. It just destroyed the economy, and there's no way they could do that. But uh, you know, some the light bulb will go on for some of these people, and slowly but surely, we'll get uh, we'll get them vaccinated. I guess is the best thing. You know, I understand that a lot of people feel like, oh, well, you know, if you get COVID, it's really not that serious anymore. But that's changing on a daily basis. It seems like.
0: It is, you know, but like you said, you know, it's it, people are deciding to do this themselves. The options are out there to try to, you know, vaccinate themselves. And um, there comes a point where you just can't, you know, uh, we we can't hold people's hands and, and lead them somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for those of us who have taken the value, you know, that, that have been vaccinated and, you know, want to try to lead a healthier life and, and all of that you know this is the new world we're living in dave yeah you know, no we're question gonna, we're, we're gonna intermingle with people who've been vaccinated and others that have it and um go forward what was what was that number i'm, I, I'm trying to remember that they said well we gotta wait until x the, amount of people have the vaccine the, the
1: herd or immunity or have, they were well they were talking like 75
0: 80 percent that's
1: it but yeah, uh, yeah. I know Joe Costello has some thoughts on this.
4: You bet I do.
1: <laughs> Jump right in, buddy.
4: There you go, Joe. <laughs> hey, guys. Good to see you. You know, on my own uh, show, I, I broke protocol and, and mentioned this because we've been having such a great time feeling a little normal, maskless, at races, lots of people around. And it's it's been so great. And the fear... Of losing that you know we can say that they'll never shut down again but the fact is that they will have to if certain thresholds are met and so I've been just trying to think about you know analogies to try to convince the unvaccinated and the unmasked like let's face it there's a couple of things like you know your poker audience are smart people they're not numerical people they understand the math of the deal right Right. We we this is happening for two reasons one the people who are unvaccinated are not abiding by the rules of wearing masks. Like, you can be unmasc- uh, unvaccinated, but you have to wear a mask. But what they're doing is they're, they're lying to everybody, and they're going maskless because the vaccinated people, like myself, I chose to get it. I took the risk, and I'm fine. Months later, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I love it. It's the greatest thing ever. But... They're lying to their friends and their families. They're not wearing masks and they're going out, which is bad. So that policy didn't work. The honor system, it didn't work with the unvaccinated people. But part two, the unvaccinated, let's take a second to apply the same situation to another job and I'm going to make the job the janitorial staff okay like imagine Joe you guys have janitorial staff where you work right and what's their job their job is to clean up after people and they're expected to show up and clean up after people but if you have a person that's sitting in the cafeteria the food court or whatever you have and just keeps taking their tray and dumping it on the floor the janitor is going to come over and clean it all up and make a you know make it perfect again right but then that's the, the another person just dumps it on the floor and you're giving busy work to the janitorial staff. Eventually, at some point, that janitor is going to say, hey, I'm not doing this anymore and walk out because this is just unnecessary, busy work. That's our biggest problem is our healthcare workers are not just going to take this forever. They don't have to be doing any of this right now. Every COVID person is a choice, 98% or something like that that are in there. Basically, are there because they chose to not get the vaccine? So, at what point does the healthcare system break? And all those people that are suffering, going in every day, risking their own lives, dealing with the anxiety and grief of watching people get sick and die. When do they say, "I've had enough of this"? So we got a crisis. Right. Is the point? Yeah. We got a crisis. We got to yeah. man- make this mandatory. You got to make it mandatory somehow. Either your health insurance companies need to make it mandatory or the employments like employers need to make it mandatory. But we got to get past this because we're being dragged back into the quicksand of the pandemic and it's going to ruin the economy. It's going to ruin jobs. Things are not going to go like for me, where we do these large outdoor events all over the country. That's not just going to continue no matter what. And neither are the casinos, no matter what. There is a point where they will have to stop it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing oh. to consider is that uh, the COVID uh, fatigue is so dramatic around the country, certain parts more than others, obviously. But, you know, they watch the news, they see these stories, they see these numbers, and they just don't believe it anymore. They just uh, say, oh, yeah, we've been through that, and it's uh, they're, It's fake news.
0: Joe, I, I, you know, what Dave just said there, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said, Joe. OK, but unfortunately, like I mentioned earlier, I hate to say this, but, you know, once again, this is falling along the, the political lines of, you know, what they want to believe, what they you know, what they think. And, you know, our state right here, you know, our governor falls, <laughs> falls on one side of that line that we all know about. And how are they going to do that? I mean, I, you can't get unless there's a federal mandate that says, hey, you know, people have to be vaccinated and they allow the companies to say, hey, you don't have to get vaccinated, but to work here, you got to be vaccinated. You know, that's going to be challenged in courts.
4: Yes, and, it, it will.
0: You know, and and then again, you know, uh, it's going to make it that much difficult for, for states like the ones that we're living in now, you know.
4: To be fair, and, though, R- Governor DeSantis, that? to be fair, Governor DeSantis did say the other day and we are starting to see a bit of a change in the political realm. He said that people should go get vaccinated. And the other day, K. I. V. from Alabama, with a very harsh statement, using the word "blame," right. which I didn't even use the word "blame," she said, "Blaming the unvaccinated for this." And so that's just the beginning. Uh, commentators on Fox News, Sean Hannity got a lot of publicity for saying you need to talk to your doctor, you need to get vaccinated. Like I'm not saying we're seeing the dam break, but even the most political of people realize that we can't, as a country, slide back into this. It would be a horrible nightmare for all of us. And so I think it's just a matter of asking people, I know you thought what you thought, please reevaluate your opinion. Talk to your doctor, and the doctor, you know what they're going to say. They're going to say, Get the vaccine. 95% of the doctors have the vaccine. We got to keep asking people. You've got to keep after them. You can't just give up because when you give up, then it's over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm sure you do. You guys have friends like that that you know that they're very intelligent people that don't want to get vaccinated.
4: Yes, of course. Um, I, okay. I have I have a I have a friend who, you know, I don't want to reveal too much about him, but his his in laws were on a ventilator for twenty days, and yet their daughter, his wife, doesn't want to get it. Just not sure. Just you know, doesn't trust it. Doesn't feel good about it. And you gotta really have a little compassion for those folks. For the last two years, there have been or last excuse me. Uh, year and change, there have been a lot of mixed messages about good, bad, up, down, yes, no, in, out. Like, there's been a lot of confusion out there. So someone who's got a fear of needles, who's got a fear of doctors, who's got a fear of medicine, all of that stuff, like, you can understand how they would be afraid. You need to take that person and work with them and try to convince them as best as you can. And then when they get it, because everybody who gets it and goes to the hospital they all regret it. Like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize. Oops. But that's just life. It's, it's, uh, we got to keep working on it. The FDA approval, whenever it comes, is, is going to be big because then you can mandate that the military has to have it. You can't do that without the FDA approval. You can mandate the military. That'll be 400,000 or so people. And also, a lot of people are using that excuse like, well, it's not mandated. You know, I, I just don't trust it. When that comes, that will be helpful. It's not going to be what? A panacea. Uh, it's not going to be that, but it's going to be helpful. And we got to, we got to, you can't guilt someone into doing it. Like they won't, that people don't respond to that. They respond to, you know, like uh, a well, respectful, Joe. respectful presentation of facts. And if they choose against it, then there should be a penalty. That's the thing a tax uh, disincentive, something.
0: Joe, but you telling me right there, I mean, that that that's a great example that you set with with a friend of yours who saw, you know, his in-laws, you know, go through this and still has, you know, doubts about about the vaccination. I don't believe there's anything out there that's going to convince him to take that
2: shot.
1: And then there's then there's all the conspiracy theories like uh, causing problems with fertility uh you know the uh, that there's metals in the vaccines that make you magnetic <laughs> yes uh some crazy stuff like that and uh, it doesn't take much for people to believe anything they read <laughs>
4: Well, it it doesn't. And that's a problem in our civilization and society and it has been. But, you know, tuberculosis, uh, polio, all of these things are not a problem right now because of vaccines. Those people went with it. If these people are going to be a little more challenging and difficult after all those people back in the day didn't have disinformation, mass media like we do now. And we'll just have to live with it. And that's why I got vaccinated. And if I get it, there is a high probability it will be virtually nothing and it'll go away. And that's just it. And uh, but there can be some more uh, carrots, uh, carrots and sticks. You know, we've had nothing but carrots and very few sticks. There are some ways to make it uh, a little less desirable to be unvaccinated. And I think that's what we're going to have to explore.
1: Well, we're not going to solve all the problems of the world on this show, but looking at the poker world, uh, I want to just get back to this article real quick, because they mentioned a couple of things that could happen to the World Series of poker. They asked uh, some questions like, will they mandate uh, vaccines there where you have to be vaccinated and have show proof of it in order to play in the tournaments? That's not going to happen as according to them. And as I agree very vigorously because. First of all, it's too late. Uh, You know, when they announced the tournaments and the schedule, that would have been the time to maybe come up with that uh, description. But since they haven't done anything, it's a little too late to do it now because, uh, you know, it takes time to get uh, two shots of the Pfizer and Moderna. And we're only uh, we're only a month away from the start of this tournament. So it'd be very difficult to do that. Uh, And there's just too much uh, thoughts against it.
0: Can I weigh in here? How sure, about, absolutely. No, I've had a couple of um, of my dealers take some vacation time, and uh, they've all left the country. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they left the country. <laughs> Two left the country. One one left the continental. They went to Hawaii. Okay. But they all had to get um, negative uh, tests. Yes, right. They didn't have to show that they were vaccinated, but they had to, you know, show proof that they within three days of the trip had taken the uh, the test and it, that it was negative. Yeah, uh, you know, World Series of Poker could, could insist on something like that.
1: Yeah, it's possible and I'm sure they will do that. Uh, but you know the, the the tough thing is, and I want to bring this back to your thoughts on the dealers going out there, is it's a it's a grueling long schedule. Uh, to start out with now there's problems all over the country with poker rooms not uh, having enough dealers not wanting their people to go out there where they you know three years ago might have said oh yeah go out there for six weeks that's not a problem for us now it's a big problem so they probably would have to cut back the schedule uh,
0: desperately I I was thinking the same thing Dave you know uh, especially since they've been asking for dealers now coincidentally um, I don't know about over there at Dania. We've been now all of a sudden receiving people's resumes through Indeed. You know, right. um, unfortunately, almost everyone that is supplied applied um, are from the middle of the state or out of state, and you know, I'm assuming that they're just sending poker dealers resumes to every room right. in the country since everybody's looking for dealers right now. I've even had two people apply that I got to speak to that, uh, when I asked them, I go, what's your poker experience? (laughs) And this is what both of them said. Uh, well, I've been playing poker for over 20 something years, uh, was the response from one and for over almost 40 years from another. But I asked them if they had any schooling in this and they said no. And they were applying for the dealer's job.
2: Um,
0: so now that you know a lot of the federal money is is disappearing and the state you are getting some dealers getting back out there you mentioned it earlier in the show the big easy's going to try to open up a room um i just lost a dealer to texas you know she's the, the young lady's resigned and it's you know her last day is going to be august 4th and she's moving to texas to work out there um you know it, it is amazing, but dealers are taking this shot. And in the WSOP, Dave, I don't know how they're going to run multiple tournaments that have thousands of people on a daily basis. I yeah, I can't imagine that. I I cannot imagine you're going to have enough qualified people to to, to deal these games. I mean, we hear the complaints uh, year in and year out on how bad some of the more break-in dealers, brand new dealers, are. Can you imagine what that's going to be like this year?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's a huge challenge, there's no question. Uh final thoughts on the uh the effect of the World Series of Poker. I mean, we're seeing the Seminole Hard Rock right now holding their big poker open. Um they did 3700 plus for their opening event. Uh so they're having huge turnouts. Uh, they're they're busting the guarantees on every event and doing very well. So, uh, you know, we don't have to see the uh plexiglass dividers anymore and a lot of the players are not wearing masks, but you know, we're not seeing any problems immediately, and I don't know if that's a precursor to the World Series of Poker, but I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, the kind of crowds at a final table like we used to, with 60, 80 people wearing the same T-shirt supporting their their buddy. Uh, you know, we're going to see some kind of sequestering of the final tables probably, and we also could see a mask mandate for the tournament. We'll see what happens there, and it's it's up to them, but. Uh, you know these are not easy things because people get very upset. You know, you maybe have enough you know, players that really want to play that it's not going to affect your numbers bottom line. But uh, you know there was going to be a lot of complaining if like like there, like there always is some complaining, but it could be worse this year.
2: Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, the things could get worse, Dave. But I just don't see I don't see the poker world or the or. or for the most part, the rest of our economy is taking steps backwards, you know, They may not run forward as fast as they want to, but I don't see us going backwards anymore. yeah, the,
1: the uh, Clark County Commission last week voted for a mandate for masks for all businesses. so all employees, all casino employees will have to be wearing their masks, uh, you know, at least for the next several weeks. So, you know, I'm sure that will extend into the fall. So that's the first step for that. Uh, You know, the precedent has been set and we will uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Listen, I do want to talk about the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. I got a chance to head over there uh, on Sunday night. And uh, talked to a few people, and uh, they're doing very well over there. And I want to talk about some of the early results. Uh, a lot of our good friends uh, doing some nice, uh, nice uh, finishes and, and making some money. So I'll talk about that when we come back. But let's take a break here on the show. Uh, big Dave and Joe, uh, you know, got off on the tangent with COVID, as uh, you know, we are apt to do. It's a big part of our lives now, no question. But uh, I want to get into a little more poker uh, intensive stuff when we come back. Poker Action Line, pick us up on SoundCloud or on Spotify. iTunes uh, is a place to get the show. Also, the Hold'em Radio Network in different places as well. Poker Fuse podcast page has a link to us on every show. And... Uh, I guess some of these shows are dropping by the wayside, but uh, certainly uh, podcasts are everywhere. You can talk. You can listen to just about any subject. and we hope you will find ours and listen regularly. Uh, subscribe to the show, uh, write a review. We appreciate all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll look forward to getting some more interviews over the next couple of weeks to certain into the program. Big Dave and Joe will be back with more Poker Action Line
3: when we return.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
3: And the play for real game
5: becomes available later this year From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach But what held the boy's eyes in awful trance Were the figures springing and leaping about the flames Darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky The eaters of men If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe from South Florida as we cover the world of poker as usual on a regular basis and uh, look forward to getting by the Seminole Hard Rock. place is just beautiful. Uh, they have it, uh, you know, things running smoothly over there and uh, a lot of turnout, a lot of players. Uh, I'm kind of wondering uh, if you've heard anything, Joe. How many people are staying in the uh, Guitar Hotel? If you come to South Florida, uh, you know, do you, do you stay at the holiday Inn to save money or do you, do you go all out and, uh, pay four or 500 a night to stay in the guitar?
0: Depends, depends what your goals are down here. <laughs> I would imagine, you know, um, if you're going to come down here and play in the big tournaments, I don't think four or $500 a night matters. If you're on a budget, then you need to stay somewhere else. But yeah, it is for a sure. beautiful place. Yeah. And I know you mentioned right before the break about the tournament and stuff, and I don't, you know, I wasn't on last week's show, but, um, you know, I'd just like to let our listeners know that we did have a great turnout to our last tournament. We increased it uh, a little bit, and... Um, We had a great response, you know, it's great to see uh, new old people, uh, old faces, uh, people that used to come all the time that we hadn't seen in quite a long time, showed up for this last tournament that we had, so I just wanted to say thank you to all those people that came to our tournament uh, about a week and a half ago.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The tournaments over at the Hard Rock uh, are already up to uh, number 11, so... Uh, I think 33 altogether was the number, uh, but, uh, they will have, uh, you know, the next week or so, uh, August the 6th is the start of the main event and, uh, the big four day where they have the conclusion of four huge tournaments, including an 1100 to 2,500 and a high roller 5250, uh, along with the main, um, will, uh, take place on August the 10th. So that's the big day there where they have all the coverage. But uh, event number one, uh, I guess it was a four-way chop uh, that, uh, you know, was pretty exciting. Uh, I was over there when they were playing. I I think there was about 100 players left. I saw a few friends that I knew uh, over the years, Ray Millard, uh, uh, Lexi Gavin, uh, a few other people that I said hello to. I saw Howard Mash over there who's been on the show with us several times, and he ended up finishing 10th in the tournament he was in. So, uh, some pretty interesting, uh, you know, tournaments going on over there and they'll continue to move on. But, uh, uh, certainly the national appearance of, of people, I think, uh, is going to happen over the next, uh, uh, over the next week or so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> this has always been a great success, um. You'll forgive me, Dave, but I b- broke up a little bit there. Did you mention how many people have been the the number of entrants in some of these tournaments?
1: Well, the big one was 3730, I think was the total. I think it was the eighth biggest tournament of all time, if I'm not uh, wow. at the Hard Rock. So they did well. Uh, you know, obviously some of the smaller tournaments. We had a player, uh, Yuval Bronstein, uh, who won event two and event four, uh, two mixed game tournaments in the, in the beginning. And uh, that's a pretty great accomplishment, even though there was only probably, you know, a little over 100 players in each of those. But uh, the turnouts have been super and, uh, you know, they'll continue to get bigger. A lot of players wait till some of the big tournaments get underway and that'll be soon. So uh, that will happen. Uh, The ultimate winner of that first event, uh, it was a four way chop, uh, but it was uh, getting the trophy and getting credit for the victory is Joseph Rossi he was the winner over there. Um second was uh let's see, second place was uh, Robert Gregory. Uh Rossi won 138,800 for the in the chop. Uh Gregory wins 123,000. Pablo Ortiz who uh, is from is from Miami uh winning 122,000 and Don Flynn took fourth place. So uh they finished that one out, uh, over the weekend. Uh, actually it was uh, Monday night about, uh, you know, about five in the afternoons. So they came back with 12 players in that final day. I did not know one of the final table players, but, uh, uh I think that's the, uh, the way that things are going nationally. And I think we'll see it in the world series of poker. Um, there's so much interest that we're not going to see just the superstars anymore. It's going to be all kinds of new names popping up and and making a name for themselves.
0: I I couldn't agree more with you, Dave. Um, I, I was just thinking that too. That I'm saying we're going to we these tournaments a lot of times bring up names that we've never heard ourselves, you know, just because of the sheer numbers that are in there. But I believe we're going to see a lot of that. Especially when the uh, you know World Series Poker series begins, and um, you know with these numbers that you're mentioning right now, uh, I think that kind of answers the question we posed earlier: uh, how it's going to be for the WSOP. Yeah. um, You know, I believe the numbers are going to be staggering. To be honest with you, at first I thought it might be something you know a little less, but uh, you know as We've already seen it here with two different tournaments now, uh, uh, over here with the numbers have just been ridiculous, and um, I can't I can't believe that you know that it won't be the same thing come that time, Dave. So
2: yeah, no question.
0: I I, I don't see us looking back any further. Like I said earlier, this is this is full steam ahead right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: our good friend Al Al Gomez uh, had a pretty nice finish, 174th, which is not bad out of 3,700. It picked up uh, a little under $900. So, um, you know, guys are doing well. I saw um, Steve Carp uh, had a nice payday in uh, then number six and uh, finished pretty deep. And uh, so, you know, we are seeing our good friends um, being successful at some of these tournaments here. Um, Brandon Duvdevani, Lenny and uh, Rigette's son, uh, also had a deep finish in one of the events. Good,
0: good. That's, it'd be nice to start talking about some of our people that we do know. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Having some deep runs and hopefully taking down a few of these tournaments as we go forward. Right.
3: Well, the money is uh, is there. Uh, sports
1: betting, uh, it was just announced uh, the last couple of days that Massachusetts uh, is going to get sports betting very shortly. I think that's a huge uh, step to add that one to uh, to the list of states that are, that are doing sports betting. And uh, we still obviously are waiting on what's going to happen down here with the Seminole Compact and how that's going to turn out and what it's going to mean for sports betting in this state. But um, I, the vote in uh, their legislature for the sports betting came out
3: 156 to 3 in favor.
0: Wow. Oh, Dave, I mean, you know, it's amazing that all the states haven't done this. You're just, you're just losing revenue to other states that do have it, you know? It, it's right. just ridiculous. Have you guys, has uh, Dave Berman told you anything about, um, you know? What
3: Dania wants to do?
0: Yeah, what Dania's going to do if uh, if that, you know, if the DOI signs, uh, signs off on the compact, and stuff because I'm so kind of surprised they haven't acted on it yet. I yeah. I would have thought it would have been easily rubber stamped.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm surprised there hasn't been a decision on that. I don't know what they're waiting on, but uh, uh, as far as Dania goes, I don't know what their plans are. Um, you know, sports betting, I don't think was on their original radar. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, obviously everybody wants to get involved. You have the William Hill uh, you know, people involved over there, so they have such a huge head start on just about anybody else.
0: Yeah, they do. But uh, you know, and obviously, uh, for, well, for, especially for you, Dave, because you you still you're still going to be calling the games, correct? Uh, once,
3: yeah, most likely. Once
0: highlight comes back, uh, no word from Dania. If the pact is signed, uh, decoupling, you know, becomes comes into play.
1: No, I don't think it's going to happen for us. Uh, they have a, a co- uh, collective bargaining agreement with the players. It extends through February of 2023. So I don't think we're going to see Highlight disappear for us. Possibly at Calder might disappear. Uh, who knows? Magic City seems to be uh, guns blazing to, to head forward with their, their point of it. So uh, I think just the little ones that we're doing the fake Highlight, like uh, – like uh, Ocala and uh, Fort Pierce and some of the ones with a very small roster. I don't think we'll ever see highlight those places anymore.
0: Well, you know, um, that may be the case where I'm at also, sir.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard from Miami as
0: well. And um, here's the other thing, which I wasn't aware of. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show the last time I was here, but um, if that becomes the case, You know that the casinos down here all the uh racinos uh can go 24 7.
3: yeah yeah i would expect that to happen
0: and uh, i was i was told that more than likely we would be heading in that direction um if that happens and i i would imagine most of the casinos would follow suit right you know so didn't know if you had heard anything about
1: no, that. No, no, I think everybody's still kind of waiting on the, the Department of Interior and uh, the decision there, and then and then things will start to move quickly. Obviously, Seminoles are just standing on go. Would love to have sp- football betting uh, by midseason, by October 15th, I think is the date that they that mentioned. That
0: is correct. That's the target date if everything is – if they sign off on it. So, so
1: people are waiting on that. Um, I don't
0: know. If we have that on a regular basis, do you think uh, – Poker will benefit of that at all? From sports betting? Um, yeah. I think we will, due to, due to the layout that we have in our room, uh, you know, because uh, William Hill is right next to the poker room. Um, I believe the rooms that, like in Vegas, you know, almost most of the poker rooms in Vegas, or at least the ones I can recall off the top of my head, you have the the sports book very close by right very very close by so yeah i i think it'll help and hurt at certain times because um i don't know if you remember when people could bet high lie and and whatever parimutuel sport you had in your room and we had ticket runners remember that have the little machine right. and sell you the tickets right T- I've ne- I had never dealt in a room before where I'm dealing with somebody and all of a sudden the end of a horse race, dog race, or, or coming to the end of a game point and, and highlight, and people are just, come on, number six, come on, six. <laughs> you know, and you can't get them to act, you know, yeah. so um, that definitely slowed the game down, um, I really haven't seen that when I've been out in Vegas playing, uh, but poker players, I'll tell you what, at least seventy to eighty percent of the poker players that I know are also sports gamblers. Yeah. So, you know, somehow they've been able to find the revenue to play both of them. Um, and so I, I believe it will help, especially in the short short term, um, going forward. Who knows? You know, I, I haven't been around that long enough. Uh, you know. Where it's so easy that you could just get up off your chair and go place a bet. You know, um, you'd have to get on your phone in the past, get on a computer. So a lot easier when you could just walk over, see the line, and just go. You know, here, give me, give me a nickel on, on the Dolphins minus three or whatever.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yep.
0: Uh, let's
1: switch gears a little bit because there's an inter- interesting story that I wanted to bring up. It's really. I wouldn't say it's really directly poker related, but it does involve a uh, professional player. And I just wanted to I thought that was just very interesting. Wonder what your thoughts were. Uh, you know, it's covered heavily up in New York uh, because it happened at the Borgata and uh, this it's just it happened sometime back, but the the po- poker player whose name is Scott Robbins. Uh, was checking into the hotel. He was there for the Borgata Poker Open, and he is now suing the Borgata for $1.25 million because he was banned for life. And what happened was he checked into the hotel uh, before the tournament, and the check-in clerk asked him if he preferred a high floor or a low floor at the Borgata. And uh, Robbins responded, if I had to jump from a high floor window, would I make it? That was all he said. And the clerks said, no, you can't do that, you know, and implored him "Oh, please don't do that. And uh, this guy who's from Massachusetts uh, just made a joke about, you know, uh, if I was at the lower floor, maybe I'd be safer. But he did uh, check into a 30th room floor. So when he checked into the room, it, he was there for a short time, and the security showed up and said, uh, you know, you're going to have to take a uh, mental competency exam if you want to stay here. So he actually went out and uh, I guess uh, was examined by a psychiatrist or whatever, because he wanted to play in the tournament, uh, which cost him a couple thousand dollars in uh, medical fees and transporting and all that. Uh, when he came back, his belongings were removed from the room, and they uh, said, you are banned from this hotel for life. Pretty crazy, but he says it costs it will cost him uh, about $85,000 a year in poker winnings, which he plays uh, regularly at the Borgata, uh, and wants another $200,000 for false imprisonment and interference with economic gain. But uh, the whole uh, idea of... You know, making a joke and then being punished for it, I think is just truly un-American.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) welcome to the world we're living in today. You know, super sensitive, you know, you can't get away with anything. And uh, to me, Dave, after you speak to the guy in his room and you know the guy was joking around, you know, Turn around and go, uh, this guy was just being an a hole and joking around. Let's go.
1: Well, the prob- I guess the problem for the Borgata is they actually had a uh, professional volleyball player who jumped out of the building about 10 years ago and killed himself. So they're obviously sensitive to uh, what could happen.
0: Well, I did not know that.
1: Actually, so it was only two that years ago. It was, that uh, he, jumped, he jumped out of a 29th floor window in June of 2019. He was a professional volleyball player. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, it's fresh in their minds and they, uh, you know, they took it very seriously, but you know, if the guy laughed and said, listen, I'm just joking, come on, you know, it's, to, to take it that far and ban him from the poker tournament, then they took away his theater. He had qualified on a, uh, $400, uh, a tournament to uh, get him into the satellite? tournament yeah. yeah satellite and uh $3,500 buy-in uh didn't cost him that because he satellited in but uh they took away his $3,500 ticket uh so you know would he have any legal beef uh I would think so
0: I think so too I think so too I mean you know um this it's gonna get interesting that's for damn sure yeah. Uh, that's definitely going to get interesting. um I'm, My guess would be they'll probably come to some sort of settlement.
3: Yeah. Well, I was you just know? thinking about it because
1: I, you know, I've had times where I made a joke before, uh you know, when things were rough and I was going through a hard time. And maybe I just on the way home drive into a tree, you know. And uh, I was obviously just joking. I would never do that. But, uh, uh you know if people took it seriously and they took my they could take my driver's license
3: away if you're if you're comparing the two
0: well for, yeah, <laughs> and and in, and in the real short term, somebody could say, "Hey, listen, this guy talked about killing himself. let's baker act him. yeah and see what he's you know and, and all of a sudden you' you're in a hospital for seventy two hours with nowhere to go right you know um listen. This this is a completely different world than I grew up in, Big Dave, and I'm sure you too. And I'm pretty sure for Joe also. So <laughs> um, I guess we have to do things so differently. I mean, uh, I saw a comedian the other day laughing, going, you know, these kids, he's an older comedian. He goes, these kids have to come in, in a helmet now to ride a bicycle. He goes, if you came, if you came to... When I was 10 years old, if you came to ride your bike with a helmet on, you'd need it because the kids would be hitting you on the
3: head. with the <laughs> <or something. laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, the bottom line is he's got proof that a doctor at the uh, Care Regional Medical Center, uh, the psychiatrist, uh, confirmed in writing that he was not a danger to himself or anyone else at this time. So uh, I got to think that, uh, you know, Borgata had good luck against Phil Ivey, but they're not going to win this one.
0: Yeah, this is you know. Listen, you're the ones who told him he had to go get a medical uh, medical competency test, and uh, if he passed it, there's no reason for them to have done what they did, what they did. So
1: yeah, well, bottom line is, watch what you say, especially if you're, uh, you know, people are, uh, you know, you're going to a poker tournament. You know, you can't joke like you're at the table.
0: Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say anymore about that day. Yeah,
2: you for know. Sure.
1: Well, that's going to do it for the show. We uh, had a good discussion, and we'll watch very closely on how the poker world is, is affected by uh, COVID-19. We will uh, look forward to uh, stopping by in the next few days back at the Seminole Hard Rock to check out what's happening at the Poker Open as they move toward their Big Four. That will be uh, certainly enjoyable as a lot of big-name players are, are getting their... Uh, practice in before the world series gets underway on september the 30th out in las vegas uh we'll talk a little bit more about next week about uh where the world series of poker will move in the future there's talk about bally's paris maybe a couple other places uh and we'll talk more about that but uh, apparently this will be the last go round for the rio for the world series of poker we'll check that out later on so thanks for being with me and uh, Joe Costello, your contributions as well on both sides of the microphone. And we'll be back with next week with another edition of Poker Action Office.
4: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or
2: agencies.